Hello, friends. Welcome to another episode of Hispanic Wealth Matters. I am your host, Jose Tejada. And today we have a very, very cool, awesome guest. We have one of my new favorite people, Sergio Angulo from the Angulo Real Estate Group. And Sergio became uh, very impressive to me uh, because not just is he a, a fellow director with me at NARA, but he's also uh, incredibly, he has incredible business savvy and his work ethic is through the roof and above all those great things that I can say about Sergio. He is incredibly, incredibly humble. Welcome to the show, Sergio. Thank you so much, Jose. I'm super excited to be on and uh, can't wait to, uh, you know, be part of this. I've listened to a couple of your episodes and, uh, you know, I, I some like little bits here and there and I, I think it's, it's really cool what you're doing. So I'm excited. Ah, oh, man, we, I am really excited that you agreed to be on the show because I have a list of things I want to get, get, go through with you that I think the audience will find a ton of value in. But we start every episode in the same exact way. What is the origin story? Where, where do you come from? Yeah, so um, my origin story, you know, is uh, both of my parents, you know, uh, immigrated from Mexico to the U.S. in their teens. And, uh, you know, they came here, you know, by themselves with nobody. And, you know, over time, I guess uh, that has really played a really big impact in my life. Right. So growing up, it was like Spanish only in my household. You know, you said one word of English. My parents right away, you know, got got pretty upset at us. And so it was it was an interesting world. I lived like kind of in in two different worlds at the same time. Right. And so that um, going, you know, at home, only Spanish going to school, English as a second language classes. And that was an interesting, that, that was a big impact for me. So, you know, from there, then I went to college in, in Burbank and then graduated. And really, that's where everything kind of began for me in business. I had an option to either kind of go to the corporate world, like graduated with a business uh, management degree uh, from Woodbury University. And it was either go corporate or, you know, start my own business. And I decided to buy a property, flipped it, learned a bunch. I didn't make any money. And then that's where I kind of got bit with the real estate bug and started working in real estate full time. And so that's really where, how I got to, you know, where I'm at right now is, is, is really a big impact is my family and my parents. And, and so for context, what, in terms of the family aspect, uh, is there more of you? Is there, you have siblings? What, what do you yeah. in that? Uh, two brothers uh, and a sister. So it's a total of four of us. And um, my my parents are pretty young. I mean, they're in their mid-50s. And, they're in their uh, 50s I, right now? Wow. They are very young. Very young. They're yeah, like my I, age almost. Jesus. Yeah. yeah. My, I'm the youngest boy in the family. So, you know, I was babied, obviously. <laughs> And, uh, but my, my parents there, my dad graduated, um, or not graduated, but he retired when he was 47. So he retired really early because he literally worked his whole life. As soon as he stepped foot in the U S like he just got straight to work, built a business in the jewelry industry. And then he just bought real estate every year. He would just buy property, property, property. So that really got instilled in me as well as, you know, homeownership and building wealth through real estate, right? So let's take a pause there because I knew you were going to say that and I wanted you to say it. And here's why I wanted you to say it. We talk a lot in this show about generation changing activities. So how does the story 
become different for you if your dad doesn't buy real estate and you don't see him own real estate. It's a whole different story, I would imagine. Oh, it's a whole different night and day. Yeah, totally. And I see it just with all my peers around me. You know, I'm like, I'm not, I'm not the smartest, you know, uh, tool in the shed. You know, I, uh, I, I knew. I would disagree. Can... You're a pretty smart tool. Yeah. <laughs> You're like a Swiss like... Army knife of tools. <laughs> yeah, I knew people in in college that were just like that. I thought were like brilliant. You know, brilliant people that. I was like, man, if, you know, they, they, everything came really easy to them, right? They would just like, it was just like supernatural in the classroom. Just for I, them I to, call it the Zach Morris syndrome, where they're just naturally good at everything. You know how Zach Morris in Saved by the Mail was just good at everything? That's, that's what I call it. Exactly the same way. So that, that's, you know, and, and I've known a lot of, even, even in the real estate industry, I've seen, you know, a lot of people that are here that are really bright, amazing at sales, great at just like closing deals, making things happen. But they miss that one portion of that like entrepreneurial spirit and then just the understanding real estate, right? And so for me, if my parents weren't in real estate, it would have really changed the trajectory of my whole life, you know, honestly. So I remember my when I first joined, got into the business, there was a mentor of mine, uh, Michael Bordellis out of Downey. He told me, you know, I was I was in it for the first two months and I hadn't done anything, right? And I was kind of quiet. Nobody really, I didn't really talk too much. And then suddenly I just came in with four escrows, right? I just had my license. Wow. And then they were like, one of them was like a million dollars and another one was like 1.2. And they were like, whoa, what's going on? This is like really weird, right? Yeah. And in that office, I was like the youngest one. And then I remember he was talking to somebody at like the company party or Christmas party or something. And they were saying, well, wow, like Sergio has done all these quick transactions. And he was like, yeah, but he's been in real estate, you know, his whole life. Right. Oh, and was, I love that. I love he, that. He knew my parents and right. he, uh, his whole family, my, my parents actually purchased their first home, you know, in the eighties from his mom. So they, they kind of had a, so they knew like my parents were in real estate. They owned a lot of property and he, you know, pretty much said, yeah, he's had a lesson in understanding the concept 100%. yeah his whole life so it that was uh and, and, you know it really showed those first you know from the very beginning i was able to talk about real estate you know in a way that i think other people just had a hard time really talking about it just because they didn't really fully i mean maybe they understood it but there's a difference i think between understanding like it how it works on you know the books right and then understanding how it works in like real life right yeah in the and actual that, practice of it. Practice, yeah. And so when I graduated college, I took over their entire portfolio. I managed all their properties. In three years, we were able to increase from, from when I took over. About three years, we, we increased revenue about 35%. And so, and then two years after that, it hit 50% increase in revenue. So we really took it to the next level. That allowed them to then leverage the properties and buy more properties. And so, you know, yeah. It's, yeah. It's, no, uh, I, I love that. And, and so when I worked in, um, in in wealth management and, and you know, I have a very lucky trajectory because I got to see a lot of, I got to live in that same duality you're talking about, right? I got to, I was 10 years old when I come to the United States, brand new immigrants to everything. But then in my adulthood, I get to work with all these mass affluent individuals. And one of the things that, that I've, I've said this many times in this show is that 
is that pedigree, is that teaching of kids about money at a very young age. And then we, we, we talk about in, in our, you know, the, uh, Serge and I are, are both directors at, at, at NAREP, the National Association of Hispanic Real Estate Professionals. And we talk about having a mature understanding of wealth. And I think that that encompasses that. That's the idea of teaching kids at a very young age how to be mature about money and money management. And I think your parents did that for you. And, and so I didn't know if you meet Sergio and you will one day, I hope, um, you know, he's a very mature person and very, uh, I don't want to say serious, but you have a very concentrated way about you. You're very, uh, you know, calm and easy to talk to. And I thought because I thought he, he was he was older. So I asked him, I said, what did you do before real estate? And he goes, what do you mean what did I do? I was in school. I was like, you in school? <laughs> and I was like, it was blew me away because I know of all the things he does. And that's something that someone should be much older to do. And that's some of the stuff that I wanted to, to explore with you. Now, real estate is only part of what you do. You also flip properties. I know that you, and correct me if I get any of this wrong, but I know that you own at least two hair salons. And yeah. you have um, an IV shop, and I don't know how many other things you you do, but that's just yeah. what I, that's just what I've learned about in practice. Tell me how how does how do you do that? How do you manage this portfolio uh, of, of businesses? So flip property, we have a property management, you know, oh, and the company, yeah, yeah. Then we're then we have my production, right? Uh, my 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 book of business with clients. Um, helping clients buy and sell property in Southern California. You know, so there's all these different ventures, right? We're also, tr- I'm working on starting up a, a another like virtual assistant staffing agency, kind of. I love uh, that idea. So there's just, there's a lot, like, you know, going into it. Uh, but how do I manage it all? It's with great pre- people, right? Because you can't really build anything, you know, by yourself, right? You all just fall down if you try to. And so I always emphasize, you know, bringing good people around you. In fact, I think it's so important, um, the people portion to, to to business, that if you find a good person, that's the hard part. The business the business is not the part. Finding the market is not hard. Finding the right person to manage the market is the hard part. And so if you find the right person, then start thinking about what businesses can you bring to build around them, right? I love that. So, so that, I think, is, is um, the way that my brain works, right? It's like, I'm not necessarily going... For what I'm, you know, like, oh, what, what's going to be the most, like, absolutely the most profitable or what's going to give me the best return or what's going to be the thing that I'm going to, you know, be like, you know, excited about the very most. Because if it was for me, if I was choosing these things, then I would probably be off doing you know, some, some crazy thing, you know, somewhere mm-hmm. else. I guess I'll be opening up a hotel in Mexico or something like that. But for but really, it's focusing on, OK, my team, how can I leverage that? What is it that they're passionate about? Are they are they aligning up with what I want to do? And how can we build around that? Because if you don't, then, you know, it all comes falling down, right? And so, so now I'm going to, and I love that answer. And I was going to ask you if you had a methodology to that, but you kind of gave us that. But now I'm going to push back on that a little bit because I saw you be on a stage where you admitted you were, I think at one point, a micromanager. And... So tell me how about that experience? Because you you said very clearly, I wanted my hands on everything. And you cannot live your world, your life, having your hands on everything. I know that. that. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I am totally, I was before, it's like super micromanage everything, right? And and to a certain extent, I'm able to play with that a little bit more. Like I'll, I'll, um, 
when I need to be, I will, I will use, I'll pull that lever a little bit, right? If I need to, but I've really tried making an effort, especially on things that are cyclical, right? So not, not cyclical, but I guess that's not the right word, but like things that are repetitive, right? Especially things that are repetitive, doesn't matter how important they are. Um, I try to take myself out of it as much as possible. And so I'm always thinking about like, what is the system behind a certain operation? If you think that way, then you can't micromanage things, right? You need to let things run how they're going to run and have systems in place that you're not involved in to hold things accountable, right? Um, and so I, that, I, I came to the realization when I just, that I remember like a year into the business, I was, it was just a party of one, <laughs> me only working, right? Uh, in the business. And I remember just like, I can't do this anymore. Like I'm going insane. And I looked at other people around me that were doing way more production than me. And I just asked myself like, well, how are they doing it? If they can do it, it's totally possible. But what's the difference between me and them? And it was obviously that they had a whole team and structure around them. Yeah. 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 And I, and I, I say that to, to exhaustion. I, I talk about systems and process, systems and process all the time. And I think that you're right. I mean, I think that, that the majority of, of business issues can be solved with a good system and a good process. And, and then of course, that third component being the right people, which, which I think you have a very good, I, I met some of your team and I, and I've seen the way they, they interact with you and they have clearly a lot of respect for you and, and they are efficient in the way that they, they, they perform. So kudos to you and kudos to them. You are a big proponent of, of AI adoption. Tell us why and, and how, in what ways do you use it? Artificial intelligence, I think, is, is, is one of those shiny objects right now, right? But I think more than just a shiny object, there's certain components of it that are really going to be changing the way that we live in every single aspect that you could imagine in the next, you know, couple decades. That to me is the the real exciting part right now. You know, uh, like ultimately I think we're in the very very infant stage of AI and how we're going to be using it and then even the next like year, 12 months, 24 months is going to change. Right now how we're currently using it is we have three two bots right now operating running that are communicating with leads, right? So these two bots are just having text message conversations with them. Uh, we just launched one that has uh, that's doing outbound calls and actually having verbal conversations. Incredible! With you got to understand, with, bro. You're 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 28, right? About 20, 20, uh, 29 actually. And I turned yeah, 29. So I'm 29. You're 29, and and I'm 42. So there was no internet when I was growing up, right? Like you gotta understand that what you're talking about for people that that are my generation and older is like incredible. This is like mind blowing. But one of the reasons I wanted to talk to you about this is because for you it's so in stride. For you it's so like this is just the way, right? And 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 for me it's like black magic, you know. And, yeah, and so yeah, I yeah. think it's super cool to hear from a a younger person's perspective this. This like, this is just the beginning. Imagine what we can do. You know, to me, it's like, this is the future. <laughs> like, it's here, you know? Yeah. I mean, and, and, and some of the stuff that are out there will take a lot longer to develop even more. Even like the voice, the voice outbound voice calls, they're, they're still a little glitchy and there's not enough computing power 
and there won't be enough in the next 12 months. But like, my opinion is that your generation actually has the opportunity to benefit the most from this technology, right? Um, and even and, and even the technology that's coming out. And the reason why is because pe- people that are my age, right? You know, under 30, let's just say right now, they lived with it. And because they grew up with it, a lot of them lost, they, they weren't exposed to certain skills mm-hmm. and they weren't able to develop certain skills that your generation was, right? Yeah, yeah. So if you could, if you could, Thank you for that, by the way. <laughs> but I agree. I agree with you. hundred percent, right? So like, um, just even just like, let's just talk sales skills, right? You know, I think, I think that's where the opportunities are. If, if, if it, but it's all about embracing it. And ultimately everything is, you know, conversations and lead, you know, how can you generate leads and sales, right? And so thinking about the basics of it, and then seeing how that can come into the business and how it could really push the business forward is is really where the money's made, right? And so I think your generation definitely has the ability to just really, really do some big stuff with it if if we're able to embrace it, right? Because I think a lot of people are like, oh no, this is just a fad, right? It's just it's gonna go yeah, away. It's the internet, right? <laughs> yeah, and then, and then here we are. Exactly. And this is really, I mean, it's it's one of those things that. You're gonna see, you're gonna see a lot of changes, a lot of changes in the next couple of years with how things operate. And I think the, the skill that we have, which is you know talking to people, net, you know that type of skill is gonna be even more. It's gonna be worth even more because mm. less people are gonna be able to do it in the next ten. That. years. I think that makes a lot of sense, and I agree with you. I think, I think, and I think that that for you that. And it may even tail back to, to the way you, you were raised, but you already have those interpersonal skills. And then you also have that practical knowledge of technology. So I think that that kind of does put you at a, at a standout in that, in that situation. Who would you say are your influences? Who influences Sergio right now? You know, that's an interesting question. Not a lot of people. For me, like if we're, if we're just talking about specific people, I mean, there's some people that I, I definitely look up to um, in the industry. Uh, locally and just across the, the the nation, right? But when I was younger, I would allow, like, I really allowed anybody to influence me, right? Like, any, I would hear something from somebody, and then my the way that my brain works would just be like, let's go in that direction, right? Let's, 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 like, let's listen to them and let's pay attention to them. And then over the years, I started learning, like, you have to be very careful about who influences yeah. you, right? What do you because, consume? What comes into your your yeah. world? Yeah, because it could really make a huge difference on you know how you make. It, it, it can impact the decisions that you make when the at the most important moments, right? Mm-hmm. And um, you know, especially like this year, this was a hell of a year for every anybody in the real estate industry, right? Yeah. I mean, I think some crazy numbers on people that left the business, and so it was a tough year. And um, I'm super happy that this year I was able to block the noise, and you know, people like just like my broker JJ Lopez, huge influence for me, right? This is someone that's made it right in the business, has a huge portfolio of property, is now a broker, started off as a real estate agent. I was able to just really focus on the advice that he was giving me and a couple other people. I have a coach, David Halperin, um, and and really was able to compact all that in and make very important decisions in a time that, you know, it's it's hard, right? The, the, I was reading a book the other day 
And it talked about how it's easy to be successful when times are good, right? Yeah. Because matter if you make bad decisions, it's fine. Like everything, everything's gonna keep going because times are good, right? right like, sure. Yeah. There's another but, deal. There's another deal right behind that deal. Exactly. But it's hard to it, it's very important that you make the right decisions when things are hard. Because mm-hmm. if you make one wrong decision, it could destroy absolutely everything. And there was a lot of times this year where I had to make really important decisions, hard decisions. And I'm grateful that I had the right influence or the people, the right people that I was listening to that allowed me to kind of make those right decisions. Right. Because, you know, again, it's, it's, it's easy to, 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 it's, it's hard to make the right decisions when, when things are tough. Right. Yeah. No, I love that. And you guys can tell by now that why I thought this man was in his like 60s. I mean, he's, his wisdom, uh, he doesn't look like it. He doesn't look like it, but his wisdom and his mannerism is so, is so above level. It's so macro. But another thing that at first I was like, I've been in a lot of meetings with, with Sergio. And at first I, I, I was like, what the hell? What's up with this guy? And then I, I started to respect it and really, and really appreciate it and enjoy it. And that is the way you protect your time. Um, with Sergio, if you're ever in a meeting with Sergio and it's a 30 minute meeting, it will be a 30 minute meeting. It will not be a 31 minute meeting. <laughs> Absolutely. It may be a 29 minute meeting, but it will <laughs> never be a 31 minute meeting. And, and when we first started doing work together, I was like, man, like in the middle of the, of the cheese man or the gossip, but this guy's just bailing. And he would be like, I'm out, <laughs> you know, <laughs> not in a rude way, in a very kind way, but it was a 30 minute meeting. That's the time that was allowed for it. Tell me when you started um, protecting your time that much and why, why you do it that way. That was just a couple of years ago, man. That was not even that long ago. I think I think it says something when you protect your time, right? It, I, it, and it, I admire that. Like I said, at first, yeah. I don't see that many people that do it. But when you started doing it and it started me, I was like, you know what? Uh, that means we're going to get to business and it's going to be done. And and I really, yeah. really have grown to to very sincerely admire that trait of yours. Yeah. And, and I think like that it goes back to like part of me is is. I'm not naturally like a salesperson, you know, like naturally mm-hmm. I'm an introvert. I'm like more like quiet. I don't want to be the center of attention. I want to just be, you know, away from everybody. And so that, that portion was easy because, you know, talking is not something that comes supernatural to me, even though when I step into my office and I know that I need to put my salesperson hat on and then I, you know, Sergio 2.0 comes out. Right. Mm-hmm. But when, when I really realized that, you know, we have a limited amount of time in the day. And if I'm going to do all these different things and make an impact, right, in my organization, I need to leverage my time efficiently, right? And so, for sure, you'll you'll see me off right on time because I have something else after that, right? And I, I don't want to move it because I'm really, like, I'm excited about that, right? Like, I'm passionate about it. And so, I don't want to reschedule that next thing. And so, then, yeah, you'll see me jump off right at that 30 minute mark <laughs> and, and, and also like Gary B says, right? Like, like if a meeting is really taking more than 15 minutes, you know, maybe there needs to be a question to how important is this topic, right? Because you can get a lot done in 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. If you, if you prepare for the meeting in advance, which sure. a lot of people do, is they just come onto the meeting and then they want to do the work during the meeting, you know, sure. so my team already knows. It's like, no, you do the work beforehand. 
<laughs> and if you don't do it, then we're rescheduling that meeting for a different time until you do it, you know? So, I, and, I, and I think that's great leadership. And I, and I think it's dope. I think it's really cool. So you've done all these amazing things at such an early point in your life. What's the, what's the, what's the goal? What's the big plan? Where, where does this go? I still don't have freedom, right, of my time. And, you know, I'm still young, right? But, like, I can't stop working, right, for three months and leave to Mykonos, right, or something like that. Mm-hmm. So um, until that can happen, until I have 100% freedom of my time, I'm going to keep grinding like crazy, man, until I <laughs> until I make it happen, right? And so that, to me, above all, is having that freedom to say, you know, I want to go do this. And no one has any control over, you know, how long I can be away for or where I can go or, you know, do I need to be next to my phone? Right. I think that for me is the biggest thing. And so that's that's the that's the goal. So how fun is it that we started this interview with you telling us that story about your father? And now we're concluding the interview with you talking about wanting to follow in those exact same footsteps. You said my dad grinds and worked his ass off and he was able to retire in his 40s. And now you're grinding, working your ass off to look for that same freedom point. And I think that's a beautiful thing. And that's exactly what, you know, we want our familias, our people to try to achieve and strive for. And we can only do that by bringing this to our children and teaching this and having that pedigree that I talk about all the time. Sergio, I, I, it's been a wonderful, wonderful time. I really thank you for your wisdom and your knowledge. I think you're from now on, you're Professor Angulo and, and it's, it's been a delight. Uh, please uh, tell the, and by the way, I totally think you should do a training program. Um, put that on your list if that's something you might be interested in. And I think that, that you have a lot to offer. Um, but tell the folks, how do they get a hold of you? If they want to buy property, if they want to connect with you anyway, what are the ways they can teach, uh, reach you? But just like anybody in my generation, uh, at Sergio Angulo Homes on Instagram, <laughs> uh, you can find me there. And then uh, just send me a text or a call, 323-430-3837. And uh, yeah, anybody looking to, uh, you know, even just talk about real estate. I'm so passionate about it. Just talk about, you know, talk about real estate and entrepreneurship. I'm, I'm all ears, so feel free to reach out. All right. Awesome. Well, thank you for being on, Sergio. And guys, that's it for this one. We'll catch you on the next one. 